So hi, awesome. welcome to Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with Tyler from Gideon. And we're asking some some questions to say about their <laughs> upcoming album, More Power, More Pain. So congrats on that, by the way. How do you feel about the response to the announcement so far? Oh, it's been so awesome. Uh, you know, whenever you record a record and you end up sitting on it for a little, which is what is the case with this album, uh, just due to some scheduling and, and all of that, you always kind of start to double, you know, question if you did the right thing, you know, if it's like an hour, if it's like a year and a half out, you're like, man, we really committed to that a year and a half ago. Is it still going to be good? You know, uh, even though we knew that we were proud of what we did, it's just the, the intrusive thoughts, you know, they creep in. So uh, the second that it re- that we released the first song and then the second uh, More Power, More Pain title track, it was just like, all right, we did the right thing. Uh, it's been it's been really great. I think people are really getting it, uh, which has been very cool for us. Hell yeah, that's awesome. The album rocks. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Of course. <laughs> of course. We put, a, we put a lot of time into it. I'm glad you guys like it. Thank you. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are you able to touch on the theme of the album and the title and how it ties into the lyrics and overall message? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, um, so, you know, being in a band is so many ups and downs. Uh, and especially when you're when you're doing it for over a decade, it's kind of like uh, you the big question on your mind pretty much at all times. is like, is this all is all of this like hardship, I guess, uh, you know, is it worth worth what uh what i'm getting out you know and i think one thing we've learned uh and something that was really important to us like uh, a lesson that was very important to us as we were going into this was was just uh the fact that really to to gain more control over you know the path of your life like you you just have to be okay with going through some shit that really sucks and like embracing it learning from it and and you know just seeing it so many times over and over, like things that on the surface seem so awful. And then we end up coming out much better for it, you know, in the end, uh, it really just really felt, uh, felt like an important thing to, to let everyone know. It's just like, if you want to take control over your life, you, if you want power over your, you know, destiny, if you will, you know, like, you're you're gonna go through some pain and it's probably better to just embrace it and and uh as part of the process and uh, and and rejoice in it almost you know mm-hmm. hell yeah all right uh so can you tell us a little bit about your writing process for this album yeah um so our guitar i mean our uh bassist caleb and i do a lot of mu- like music writing uh for the actual tracks where you know some of the we it's kind of all over the place i'm always saying like you shouldn't just stick to to one kind of writing process when it comes to a record especially like six records deep you know you gotta when the inspiration hits whether it comes from just writing a riff or writing a lyric or whatever you should just go with it where it feels natural uh Mm -hmm. but this so, so this whole process varied a whole lot so some of the songs were ones that uh say like there were a couple tracks that i had written that didn't make the last album so then you know over in between the last album and this one i put more work into them and brought them up and then locked out of heaven the first track on the record it's one of those uh and then 
Caleb and I did, you know, sometimes Caleb would have an entire song that was just like, this is it, you know, this is done and complete that he does that a lot. He's kind of a freak with writing. He's, he, he's, uh, he came, he comes to us with like an enormous amount, uh, which is so helpful. And then, so sometimes, you know, there's one track where, uh, Caleb came up with an intro, uh, you know, that had some slide guitar and some melodic elements. And I was like, let me, are you cool with me writing off of the, uh, you know, the notes that you used in this and kind of writing a song based around that. And he was like, yeah, go for it. So some of them were that like got one riff from him and then I would write the rest or vice versa, or, you know, here's a demo. That's a half of a song. Like, what do you think? We did a lot of like swapping riffs basically, you know, and even some stuff in the studio ended up being written on the spot, you know, we're pulling from another song that we decided to not use and just mm -hmm. taking like a heavy part out of it and putting it in more power, more pain was kind of like that. Uh, one of the song, you know, that one actually came from like three different sources, like written before it was two songs. And then there's one part that was written, like the chorus was written in the studio. Uh, and then as far as lyrics go, uh, Jake, our drummer, Jake, he does a lot of the, he does almost all of the lyrics I, uh, Caleb and I wrote one song each respectively. And, uh, and then, but the most, the majority of it was him and, and us just being there, uh, for moral support almost. <laughs> uh, and then we also had, uh, Ryan Latrue, uh, from the old guitar player from Gordon Day who does a lot of producing and stuff. He was in helping us with lyrics and kind of, helping walk through the process, you know, keep things organized and, and on track. Uh, so yeah, a lot of vocals are written in the studio. Um, at least like, I'd say at least half of the record that, uh, vocally was written like in the studio. And also the, the pro the recording process was split up and, and spread out to, in a way that like we got to do kind of half of the record, uh, go home for a couple months, work on it more and then come back and track the rest of it. Uh, so yeah, it was kind of a very varied process and in, in writing Come, came from a lot of different ways. That's interesting. Yeah, my goodness. Um, are you guys always kind of a band that will write at least something in the studio? Cause it sounds like a, a good chunk of this record was written in the studio. Yeah. I mean, I will say prior to getting there, we did have, we had something like 24 to 26 tracks Oh wow! that were, mm. you know, and some of them we knew already like, okay this is going to be on the record or we knew uh, this is probably not going to be on the record, but let's bring it in anyway. And depending on which ones we keep, maybe it does fit or maybe it doesn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, vocally, we like to do that. We like to do a lot of vocals later because things change a lot. We're open to, uh, we're so open to rearranging songs and making them fit better, making parts fit better or flow better. And so, uh for us we're like well if we if we nail down the vocals before we do that then everything changes and so it's a little uh, it seems a little more productive for us if we leave it open enough that we're not so tied down to to the way a, a song is flowing uh before we get there mm -hmm. you know that just requires that is a little stressful because you're like you have a very set amount of time to finish your record and uh, but for us, it seems to work and we, we trust the people that we've, that we record with to, 
to help us get through that. Makes sense. I love that. Uh, so what song off this album took the longest to write and which one is your personal favorite? Well, longest to write. That's a good question. I would say they, they, some, like I said, most of them were written and I would say more power, more pain would probably be the one that took the longest because it was so pieced together at mm-hmm. it while we were there. And I can't really say that about most of the other ones. So I'd say technically that one was probably, it had riffs from years ago that were written by Caleb, uh, like the beginning, the whole beginning and majority of the main parts of that song were written by Caleb years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and uh, it was in a different tuning and all this stuff. So technically that one took a good, you know, three years to really become fully fleshed out and and done and somehow worked so well anyway that we were like, yeah, this one, we would have put that song out first if we could, but we just thought, you know, no sense in, in you know, it's really hard to choose how you how you release them but in our minds uh, more power more pain was going to make a great splash and we we didn't want to like kind of give everything in the first release but you know we already knew that song was going to be awesome even though uh there's so much so much on the record and to choose yeah. from there's no sense in blowing the album title on the lead single if you're not announcing the record with it <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah i am i'm so excited that that album that that we ended up naming the album after that song mostly because we were like this, uh, this song is just going to speak for the entire album. You know, uh, yeah. it's one of, it's one of my favorites of the album for sure. Hell yeah. Mine too. That, that does tie awesome. in perfectly <laughs> to the other question that Gloria asked, which is your personal favorite off the record. Yeah. Personal favorite. It's a, it's a toss up. It feels like it changes every day because we tried to, we try to show like every face of Gideon throughout time, I guess, in a way. So it's, if you, if you'd ask me, like, it's hard to say when I think of like, which old, you know, there's one song on the record, I will carry you that I feel like was really cool uh, throwback to me that um, feels really important um, to like our original style. And that one's fun. And I, you know, did some stuff that was really fun guitar wise. So you're asking the guitar player and that, you know, <laughs> that would make that one up there on the list, All right. but more power, more pain. I still think it's hard to beat. I, that's probably my favorite on the, on the record that one or, uh, oddly enough, there's uh, midnight blue. That song. It's one of my favorites. It's a little different than the rest of the record and really fun to me. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how did the track list for the album come about? Did you guys write the opener be the opener, close it be a closer? Did you shuffle around and see what fits? What was that process like? Uh, so the closer was written as a closer for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. and that's, that would be the outro track that is, um, just kind of like a bookend on the record. Um, the opener, it just, when it all, when, when, when we laid all the songs out in front of us, we were like, what's going to be something that that kind of gives the vibe of what is to come in the first few seconds of the of the song um and so that song starting out with a with a fun little beat and a weird weird singing thing and and then hitting you with the insane heavy riff uh we were like you know this is this is going to make an impression we like we like the feeling of starting us starting an album like this almost like ramping up you know mm-hmm 
where it starts low with the, with the talking sample and kind of comes in uh, and smacks you when the, when everybody kicks in. But yeah, man, uh, as far as the rest of the track listing goes, it's like, really, we, it's, it's one of those things that just seems to come from listening to it a lot. And, uh, and it all just fell into place. And when it feels right, it feels right. And it feels like there's no other way that it possibly could be in, <laughs> in order, you know, Makes sense. it's a really yeah. weird, weird thing, but it really happens like that. Listen to it a lot. And you're like, this one has to go before that one, which has to go after this one. And then it's like, well, that was the perfect order then, you know, you, you brought, very odd. you brought up talking samples. Like how did you guys kind of choose which songs got those samples? Yeah. Uh, well, when it came to that, that whole story that is, that is kind of being told through, through those, um, that's another thing that really just kind of fell into place. Uh, they, we try to make things like when it feels right, you stick with it, you know? Mm. Uh, and a lot of them in, in some, in our own way, in a vague way, sometimes, and sometimes more direct, but they all kind of, they all kind of have something to do with what the songs are talking about at least. And it's, it's more about the overall vibe of, of, of the story kind of paralleling the things we've been through in our lives. Uh, and especially when it comes to our life, which is entwined with this band and the history of this band, um, it all just, it resonated so much that we, you know, we felt it was that it was an important thing to build, to paint a picture um, without explicitly just saying exactly what has happened to us. Um, yeah. Gives it a little more, it makes it feel a little more artful to us, a little, a little less uh, on the nose, I guess. You know. Gotcha. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, would you be able to tell us where your headspace is at while you're creating this record? Yeah, uh, you know, coming out, I'm sure you guys have had a lot of interviews that end up in this this part of the conversation but like the pandemic was uh was something that really really made you it was like we were just like everyone else we kind of felt like i don't even know if this will ever come back will this ever even come out you know but mm -hmm. it was such a passion thing because it felt like while writing this it felt like it was that was all we had uh, that was some sort of, uh, you know, shadow of who we thought, who we felt we were before the pandemic happened. Um, it was like us holding on for dear life to like, to the one thing that makes us feel like uh, alive, I guess, you know. Yeah. Um, and so writing, writing this thing, it kind of felt like, it was like, well, if we're not sure where we fit when this all comes out, then, then it needs to be the best thing we've ever done. Um, and you know, that's what I was thinking throughout. It was like, we have to have something that we feel is undeniable um, because we don't know where everyone's going to stand when all this comes out. And not that you're not always doing that, but it felt extra dire at the time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so as, as did a lot of things for a lot of people. Uh, but that was our, that was our, um, journey at the time it was like uh you know to an extent we feel like we're always proving ourselves but and we'll never probably never not be trying to prove ourselves uh and that's kind of the nature of what we do but uh that felt extra 
extra important. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, there was a lot of, you know, self, it was like, what is this all for, you know? And mm -hmm. especially in the, in the context of, you know, like what I was saying about how the title kind of ties in, it's like, we were feeling a lot of things. We were feeling a lot of painful things. And, uh, and, but we knew that if we were able to hold on that, that we would be able to, you know, this was a chance, more of an opportunity if we decided it was an opportunity, you yeah. know? Um, so like with, with this being in the pandemic and you guys kind of setting out to like, we've got this time, we're going to make like the best thing we possibly can. Cause like, we don't know what tomorrow's going to look like. How did you guys kind of know when it was time to stop and like you had your finished product? Well, I mean, we've never had, you know, it really, it came down to trying to time, you know, it was, it was difficult to, and, you know, hence the, you don't want to come back too soon and then end up having to come back home. And, you know, we're in the middle of that. So, uh, you know, that came down to, we tried to wait as long as we could, uh, just to make sure that we didn't do all that for nothing and have to, you know, try to go tour it and end up canceling a tour again. It's very traumatic. Mm. <laughs> and so, uh, but, you know, once I, once we had about, even when we were at like 16 songs, I was like, if we have to go, if we have to go today. Like, like, I think we can make it happen, but we, they're in the process when you, I don't, it's hard to recall exactly which songs were done earlier, but like, you always have these goals. Like we need a song that's like X, Y, Z. We need a song that does this. We need a song that does that. And even if you got 20 songs, you're thinking, okay, let's at least do one more that has this particular uh, feel or, you know, whatever, because we know we're going to need more of that. These other, you know, some of the other feels, it's like, okay, we have that covered. We've got like three or four that, that are contenders for that, you know. Um, so, yeah, once it felt like all of our bases were covered, we had we had choices. We had a lot of choices to make, you know, especially in the first week of being in the studio because you you got to choose pretty quickly and then pursue those, uh, you know, and leave the rest because you, you're on a time schedule. But yeah, I'd say once we, once we had like 20 songs, we were like, uh, we're not going to put 20 songs on a record. <laughs> so I think we're pretty close. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how do you recommend your fans to listen to this album for the first time? Should they do it in the car with friends and talk with headphones on is the workout album, party album. What do you personally recommend? I'd recommend a good set of headphones and uh, start it from the beginning, close your eyes and listen to it all the way through the end. Hell yeah. Uh, this is, this is one of those, like, you know, uh, we've never put a record out that was this long. Uh, and we would never put a record out that was this long if we didn't feel like everything in it was really important. Uh, but also it was, you know, we put out a lot of records and, we knew we wanted to do this one day and we wanted something that was really an album that was made to be listened start to finish. Um, trying to achieve both the single abilities, you know, ability to put out the singles and that is a very delicate balance. But I feel like with the stuff we did between the songs and everything, I think the vibe of it all uh, really lends itself to being listened to start to finish. I agree. Absolutely. 
Uh, so this one should be super, super quick off the top of your head. I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words. No more, no less. Three words. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, number one, it's got to be, the first word's got to be heavy, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the second word, I'd say, I want to say fun. That's what I want to say but I feel like there's a more descriptive word for that, but we'll stick with fun for now. Okay. okay. Heavy fun. And uh, I don't know. How about un- unexpected? Ooh, that's perfect. I love it. Yeah. Cause I, cause I feel like um, just when you feel like, just when you think you know what's coming, like you'll be, you'll be surprised with a lot of the stuff on the record. I hope anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in that same train of thought, is there a certain feeling or emotion you want listeners to have while going through the album? I want I want them to feel empowered. You know, I want them to know that it's okay to go through shit. So, and uh, that like you're better off for it. Like I was saying earlier. So I would I would hope, you know, whether it's being at the gym or whether it's just sitting and you're going through some shit, or you know, I want I want them to feel confidence. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I love that. Love that. Uh, so, are you able to talk about any particularly challenging or standout moments from the creation of the album? Yeah, um, you know, uh, there was one. There's one track on this album that, um, you know, we knew that we wanted it to be. It's just crazy how I know I keep saying that things just fall into place, but it it really. It's just really like that sometimes with when it when things start to come together, you just these things just naturally happen that seem to to work the way that you that exactly how you need it. Mm-hmm. Um, but our the track I will carry you uh, was one of the last tracks on the record to be written uh, vocally, mm-hmm. and we knew that it was going to be. We wanted something that was going to touch on. Uh, emotion a lot because that's something that that's something throughout every album that we've done uh, that we try to make sure to include because we, we feel it's important to uh, to be able to relate through when you're doing when you're going through some shit and you're listening to an album like if there's a song that really you feel the emotion come out like it's it's very therapeutic and kind of cathartic you know mm-hmm. and so we already knew that we wanted that because I, you know, put that song together to be, you know, musically emotional. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jake, our drummer, one of his close friends back home into like a few days into the recording process died in a car wreck. Oh. And, uh, and it was, it was, uh, it was really rough. Cause we had a, there was like COVID protocol for us. Like when we were in the studio and like, we weren't really able to, we weren't able to leave and come back and still make the, the time, you know, mm-hmm. work. Uh, and so it was a very difficult time where, when that happened, where I know it was rough on Jake, like trying to decide, like, like, do I need to leave right now and, and like stop this whole process or, or do, or is there something I can do from where I am that that will not only help me through it, but but honor the situation? Mm-hmm. And so, um, 
we encouraged Jake like to put what, what he was feeling into into a song and I was like well this is the song man like this was always going to be the song it mm-hmm. seems you know yeah. so this one was was made for that um whether we knew it or not and so he yeah so that song I will carry you ended up being that and Jake really really stepped up and and made something very powerful in my eyes uh and I and I don't even know that I have met uh his friend at path but uh if if i had it was only briefly at a show maybe many many years ago but uh but it still hits me every time because i know what it's like to lose friends too and you know and i hope that that it does it for for other people too but yeah that was a that was a very standout moment for me one of those things it's like awful and surreal all you know and therapeutic all through all at the same time you know absolutely um, so since you're on tour right now, we have to ask what's been the go-to snack of choice at a gas station. <laughs> uh, it seems to be, uh, we go and we all just come out and say it. It's zebra cakes. Okay. Zebra cakes. Oh, we, okay. <laughs> okay. we go, <laughs> we go okay. through phases, uh, as a band where it, it's funny where I feel like we all are on one snack at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've been on that yeah, we've been on that one for about a year. You know, you stop at a gas station, you look at each other, zebra cakes, and we just go. You, you know? just telepathically <laughs> communicate. I don't yeah. know if yeah. that snack is better or worse. We literally just interviewed uh, for the Fallen Dream, Fallen Dream, okay. who you're on tour with. And um, yeah. that Chad said that um, last night he had a. Um, oh my it? God. Buffalo... It was a buffalo chicken mac and cheese panini from Wawa. <laughs> the fuck was that i'm I'm still hurt from that (laughs) yeah wawa wawa has been i was just telling a friend in the in the show earlier that we've eaten wawa about six times on this tour started in florida where there's a lot of wawa and then coming up to this area up in you know up in the north northeast Mm -hmm. uh where there are also a lot of wawas uh yeah it just keeps happening they're open late it's decent 24 hours you man know, comparative, <laughs> comparatively yeah 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 i had a pierogi quesadilla the other day that was pretty gnarly that was that was good mashed potatoes on a quesadilla yeah gotta try it oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe i will have you had a chance to try the buffalo chicken mac and cheese panini no <laughs> i hear no, it's great I it. no oh, i actually yeah not yet not yet i'm actually uh I don't eat chicken, so I'll have to oh. wait for them to get to make a vegetarian one, and then we'll be uh, I'll be in there for sure. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I'm not afraid. I'll try it. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, so on the topic of food, if the band was a dish, what dish would the band be, and why? I'm gonna say Thai food for sure because it's that's one of our things that we just can't get away from. Uh, probably a pad siu, which is you know just a broccoli broccoli Thai noodle. Because it seems to be one of our, one of our, like, one guy gets it and it's like the fajita effect. Like, we just all go for it. And yeah. I'd say partially because it's, uh, it's, it's a little, it's hearty, but it's sweet and it's, uh, and it's filling. And that, I don't know, that just some, somehow seems to, uh, seems to fit us. All right. Sounds <laughs> good. Absolutely. Big, big, big bearded, uh, big bearded Southern boys all, yeah, hearty but we're you know we're sweet and it can be a little spicy sometimes yeah that's us 
Sounds good. <laughs> um, so for the last couple of questions, we're going to shift completely away from music and go straight to death row. Boom. So uh -huh. if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? Uh, with a drink? I've, uh, I already have this picked out. It's just so niche, though. But there's this Vietnamese, you know, I don't eat, like I said, I don't eat meat anymore, but I still have this one dish that I, that is my death row dish. It's like a Vietnamese beef stew, spicy beef stew. And probably like a Thai tea or something. Right, good. <laughs> thai tea is amazing. Yeah. Thai tea. That's so good. Yeah. Delicious. Uh, so if you could live in one fictional world for a week, where would you live? Probably like under underwater and like Little Mermaid time or something. Or not hmm. time, but the li Little Mermaid world. We yeah. just fish around if you could uh, with talking fish and and under the water. I don't know. Something about that seems pretty pretty magical oh, yeah. that's that. actually like the first time we've gotten little mermaid which is awesome because the underwater scene is insane i think it would be awesome it's yeah. crazy i mean we're talking uh full musical numbers talking fish like what exactly. is what else is there whole kingdom <laughs> exactly. no discourse the that kingdom. we've seen maybe Not there are a couple underwater of. wars but exactly yeah, we don't know yeah. them. ursula you know she's defeated by now oh her. yeah yeah. Yeah. She's out of the picture. We're good. So like Atlantis yeah. or something, you know? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh yeah. Um, so I have the honor of asking the last question and every single person that we've spoken to have said that is the most important question. What's okay. your favorite color? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> blue. Nice. Specific oh. shade of blue. No no specific shade. I like a lot of I like all blue. Okay. You know, it's funny though, I don't like to I don't really like to wear blue. I don't even like to buy things that are blue. I just like blue. I just think it's nice. It's good to look at. Fair enough. So like if someone if someone takes a photo of me that's really cool and it's blue, like oh it's getting posted for sure. That's going on the IG. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, going straight on main. Hell it's going yeah. on the timeline for sure. <laughs> um so as I said, that's all the questions you have to say. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Oh yeah, I mean just the album, March seventeenth. More power, more pain. Out on Equal Vision Records. Oh yeah. Most important thing I could plug right now. Plus, we're on mm -hmm. tour right now. Um, have to check on our check on the dates. See if we're coming to a city near you. Oh yeah. Not sure if this drops while we're still on tour or not, but it if should. It does, then that's it. All right, cool. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you for now. It's been Tyler from Gideon, and we have been the Good Nights Podcast.